a family favorite for three decades. The Bull Run Festival of Lights dazzles with two and a half miles of sparkling holiday lights. See more than 600 light displays, with new displays added every year. Ooh and ah as you drive through the winter wonderland, where it's always snowing, and come see the tallest light display yet. Extend the magic of the holidays by visiting early, starting November 10th. Get your tickets now at BullRunFestivalOfLights.com. That's BullRunFestivalOfLights.com. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. You're about to experience a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church, one church in global locations. To find out more about Bishop Foreman and Harvest Church, visit our website at www.harvestchurch.church. Your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. Give online in our mobile app or text the word giving to 59769. Remember to love God, love people, and love life. Taking sides, we're taking over. Lift your Bibles. Confession of faith. I'm lifting my phone because I got the Horace Moore lap. That's where my Bible is. Let's say it together. One, two, ready? Let's go. I am ready to receive and fully submit to God's Word, which is the lamp to my feet and light to my path. In this year of fruitfulness, I will manifest good results in every area of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Remain standing. Just one quick scripture we're going to look at. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7. If you don't have a Bible or you don't know where that's at, that's totally okay. They're going to put it on the screens. You got to start somewhere. Don't feel intimidated when you come into church and don't know where scripture is. That's like me going into the grocery store. Some of y'all watched my Instagram story the other day. <laughs> 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 7. Never feel intimidated. You got to grow, got to learn. 2 Corinthians 5, 7. For we walk by... And not by Father, customize, tailor, make this word for us, your people, that we will move and walk in those things that you have ordained. In this year of fruitfulness, we're going to need faith to see fruitfulness come to pass. So we bless you and honor you now for stirring up our faith. Say, Father, stir up my faith. Say, set my faith on fire. Cause my faith to do great things. Stir it up now in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord. You and I are in the year of manifestation. And what you've sown, you need to hear me. You're going to reap what you've prayed for is getting ready to pop up in your life. 2018 was about new beginnings. The number eight in biblical uh, numerology, which is called gematria. It is the study of the spiritual significance of numbers in the Bible. Eight is the number of a new beginning. Here's what I love about a figure eight is that it never, ever ends. It just keeps going, which means when you know Jesus Christ, it's never an ending. What looks like an ending it's always a new beginning. I'm going to need you at the beginning of this message to realize whatever looks like it failed, whatever looks like it didn't work, whatever looks like it wasn't going to go your way, I need you to know that's not an ending. God says, baby, I'm using that as a new beginning. I need to tell somebody at the 11.15, stop crying about it. Stop being angry about it. Uh, stop sitting down saying, woe is me. Put your tissues away for all your issues. Because God says what looks like an ending to you is, in fact, a new beginning. Somebody say, I get a new beginning. 
Even if you messed up yesterday, today is a brand new day and you get brand new mercy and it's a new beginning. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. All things are passed away and all things are made new. When you're a Christian, it's never the end. It's always a new beginning. I'm going to need you to slap somebody high five and say new, 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 new. Yeah, you may have lost the job. God says, I got a new beginning. Maybe you lost the car. God says, I got a new beginning. You may have lost the house. God says, I new, got a new beginning. Maybe the relationship failed. God says, I got a new beginning. Maybe the business busted, but God says, I've got a new beginning. But the number nine, the number nine, the number nine prophesies because the number nine in scripture is the number of birthing. That means you're giving birth to something. You have not gone through labor to bring forth wind. You've gone through labor to bring forth some fruit. You didn't cry those tears. You didn't deal with those haters. You didn't deal with that stress. Come here. You didn't have those sleepless nights for nothing. God says, I'm giving birth to something in your life. But then the number nine, and that doesn't mean birthing. It means the completion of a cycle. Cycles in life produce circles in life. A circle is, watch this, where you're busy but you're not productive. You've put in a lot of effort, but you have nothing to show for the effort that you put in. I'm going to tell you the number nine prophesied. Say it's prophesied. The number nine prophesies, watch this, that cycles come to an end, which means for your last year was 2018 where you walked in a circle. For your last year, watch this, did you keep going back and forth for people who didn't want to go nowhere? 2018 was your last year where you walked around what happened to you as a child, where you walked around what happened to you as a little boy. 2018 was the last year you walked around that same problem and didn't have any progress because 2019, God says, wait a minute, I'm ending the cycle. In fact, in the Bible, in Deuteronomy, after his children had walked around the same mountain, it was called Mount Seir, they had walked around it for 40 years. They walked around the same exact place for 40 years. Now, here's my problem with that. Didn't somebody notice we've been here before? I don't like taking the same route to get anywhere because it makes me feel like I'm going in circles. Well, watch this. Didn't somebody say, I've seen that tree before? I've seen that issue before? Can I tell you what you need to get ready for in 2019? Stuff you've never seen before. Why? Because you're about to walk somewhere you've never walked before. You're about to do something you've never done before. I'm going to need you to shake your neighbor's arm and like you're going to shake it off and say, you better get ready for some new stuff. Get ready for some new friends that are going to encourage you and build you up and speak life into you. Get ready for something new. So, so they walked around the same mountain for 40 years, and nobody ever paid attention to the fact that they had walked around the same mountain for 40 years. And then eventually in Deuteronomy, God says, you've been here long enough. He says, turn north. In other words, break your cycle. For some of you, the cycle you're going to break is waking up, going to work, coming home, eating dinner, and going to bed. You're about to have a passion for life like you never heard before. For some of you, the cycle you're going to break is wanting more for people than they want for themselves. For some of you, the cycle you're going to break, watch this, is doing everything like your bloodline. Can I tell you, when you were born, God says you're supposed to be the interruption to the dysfunction in your bloodline. You are, can I tell you who you are? You are the curse breaker in your bloodline. You are the history maker in your bloodline. The reason you couldn't fit in with them is because you're sent to change them. What's this? What's this? What's this? It's the completion of a cycle, and then it is the number of fruitfulness results. I'm a results guy. Talk is cheap, action speak. Words don't mean much to me. This is telling you. Anybody else you kind of like that? People, because people, people will sell you the moon. 
the rain, the stars, everything, and more. All that they got. Come here after seven. They, they will, people, words will, will be used. I'm about results. I'm about action. Fruit says I'm going to have something to show for how I suffered. You're not just going to tell, because here's the issue. People can argue with you about theology. They can meet you on 16th Street Mall with a purple shirt on and argue with you about theology. They can meet you on YouTube and argue with you about theology. They can say, well, this and this and this, and what about this, and what about the Talmud and the Midrash, and the, what about this and that and the other? Here's what you can't argue with, fruit. You can argue theology all day and still come up with no winner. But what you can't argue with is last year, this is where I was. And this year, look at how God. I dare somebody that believes God's about to give you some fruit to stand up one time and turn around one time. Why? There's going to be some turnarounds in my life. There's going to be some fruit in my life. And you can't argue with my fruit. They can't argue when you get healed. They can't argue when the doctor's report comes back with no cancer. They can't argue when your finances get yucked. They can't argue with fruit. Can't argue with fruit. Can't argue with fruit. Be seated. Can't argue. Can't argue with fruit. Nine is the number of birthing, the completion of a cycle and fruitfulness. So last Sunday, we started this series to give some practicality to what's prophesied. To prophesy, that's just a nice biblical word. It just means to foretell and foretell. It means to tell something to happen and to tell you what's already planned. It means I'm creating something and I'm revealing something. That's all prophecy is. So Sunday, we started this series fruitful to make it practical. Because it's great in church when you're shouting and turning and high-fiving and shaking your neighbor's arm like you're going to shake it off. But then you got to go live. And when you go live, you can't slap your neighbor high-five. When you go live, you're going to need some practicality to what's been prophesied. So in week one, we learned that we were going to need wisdom. We dealt with that on Sunday and Wednesday. And today, we're talking faith. Because the fruit you're going to see in every area of your life in 2019 will be produced by faith. Not by might. Nor by power. But by my spirit, says the Lord. Well, how does God operate? He says, the just shall live by faith. What do we read in 2 Corinthians? For we walk by faith and not by sight. The scripture says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. So how do you think things get done in the realm of the spirit? By faith. It's not some weird, uh, uh, strange, crazy concept. It is done by faith. Two points in today's message. Watch this. Number one, faith produces fruit. Faith produces fruit. Say it with me. Faith produces fruit. One more time. Faith produces fruit. One more time. Faith produces fruit. Romans 12 and 3 says this. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. Check this out, 1115. God says, I've given everybody the same measure of faith. So it doesn't matter what hand you were dealt whether you're given a silver spoon or a dirty fork. God says, I don't care because here's what I've given you. That's the equalizer. The equalizer is faith, which means your neighbor didn't get more than you when they got here. We all got the same amount. Now, what we do with it determines what we see in our life. But I think you're sitting next to somebody that says, in 19, you're going to watch me use my faith. Like I've never, ever, 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 never, ever, ever, ever used my faith before. If you thought I did something in 18, baby, that was a preview. The movie's coming in 2019. 
he says, God has given to us the measure of faith, the measure of faith that we all have. Now, I know what some of you say, but Bishop, you know, what about agnostics and atheists? They don't have faith. No, 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 they absolutely have faith. They have faith in doubt. I'm not knocking anybody. I'm just telling you the truth. I'm not knocking anybody. We love God. We love people. We love life. Everybody has faith. It takes faith not to believe. You have to believe in doubt in order to not believe. Everybody's operating with faith. I'm not knocking nobody. I'm just telling you the truth. Everybody's got faith. It takes faith to believe in a big bang. It takes faith to believe in evolution. It it, it takes faith. There's not one monkey that's still turning. I'm just saying that takes faith. I'm not knocking anybody. Touch your neighbor say, we're not knocking anybody. Say, but it does take faith. I don't know about you. It's easier for me to believe that in the beginning. Because you said there was a bang. Well, who shot it? You said there was some primordial soup. Well, who put the soup there? I'm just trying to figure out, is this Campbell's or the other company? I'm just trying to figure out what it is. It takes faith. Everybody has faith. Atheist, agnostic, Christian, Jew, Muslim. Everybody has faith. Everybody does. And we were all given the same amount of faith. A mustard seed. How do you know that, Bishop? The scripture says it. Luke 17 and 6. Naturally, mustard seeds are one miller. Or Luke 17, 6. Put it up. It says this. And the Lord said, if you have faith, like a grain of mustard seed, look what you could do. You could say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and go plant yourself in the sea. Read the last part. And it would obey. Now, that sounds crazy, right? I'm supposed to go speak to a tree and tell the tree to move. And Jesus says, and it would. <laughs> here's what's crazy about that. Here's what's crazy about that. What would happen if you started living like that? Because here's what happens. The tree talks back. See, you'll look at the tree and say, in Jesus' name, you'll look at your family, your faith, your marriage. You'll look at stuff and start speaking stuff. And then it'll talk back and say, we're not moving. In fact, we're going to get worse. Here's real faith. Well, listen, it ain't about who's right. It's about who's loudest. It ain't the size of the dog that's in the fight. It's the size of the fight that's in the dog. Would you look at your neighbor and just prophesy to him like you Snoop Dogg? Just say, bow, wow, wow, you be yo, you be yay. Say, there's a fight on the inside of me. Yes, there is. Am I calling you a dog? Don't be offended. Jesus said, speak to Speak to a tree. It'll move. So here it is. Naturally, mustard seeds are one millimeter in diameter. Say they're small. And they take up to 10 days to grow only if they're placed in the right environment. And this is significant, y'all, because Jesus says, I give you a little bit of faith. But everything we do is by faith. You sat on that chair by faith. How did you know that chair was going to hold you? You didn't. You came here on faith that harvest wouldn't have you sit in the chair where you're going to fall on the floor. For some of you, this is your very first time in church, your very first time here. You came here by faith believing that these people are not going to treat me like trash. No, can we be honest? Can we have the conversation? You, you came in here by faith because if you've never been to church, it can be scary to go to church. Because some of y'all have been to churches where they look you upside down, looking like all that. And I'm so glad we got a church. I love what the representative said, where love is how we get things done. We don't care if you're white, black, tall, short, Christian, Jew, atheist. It doesn't matter what your background is. God is love. Watch. Watch. 
he said it's, 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 it's one millimeter in diameter. Here's the deal. It takes up to 10 days to grow. You know the issue we sometimes have is that we stop on day nine. See, Jesus said, speak to the tree, it'll be moved. He didn't say when. He didn't say how. Could it be that what you're looking for ain't the way it works? You're thinking the tree just going to get up and just walk on over <laughs> to the ocean. Could it be that the way faith works is that now you've got the courage to call somebody to come uproot it and say, come move this tree over into the sea. But you didn't have the courage to do it until you had the faith to speak it. You're going to catch it in a minute. Sometimes you're looking for things to manifest in a way that God says that's not the way that it necessarily was going to happen. Are you still here, church? No, 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 watch this. It only grows if it's placed in the right environment, which is a cold, dark, and moist soil. Check this out. So after you plant, watch this in the spirit. After you plant, after you pray for something, then here comes the cold, the dark, and the tears. The cold, the dark, and the tears. The cold, the dark, and the tears. What's the cold? You feel isolated. You feel by yourself. You can be married and still be in the cold because your walk of faith is different than their walk of faith. Because the Bible says, let each one work out their own salvation, which means this is not a group activity. You're going to have to know him for yourself. Would you just slap somebody a high five next to you and say, you got to know him for yourself. This ain't a group thing. This is something you're going to have to work out by yourself. And sometimes when you feel isolated and by yourself and you feel like you're in the cold, that's the best place you can be because God says you're learning how to lean on me. Can we go old school church? They used to say it like this. We've come this far by faith doing what? Leaning. I dare you to just lean over on your neighbor and say that's how you're going to make it. That's how. Some of your neighbors didn't lean. Lean on them and say that's how you're going to make it. So watch this now. Watch this. Watch this. The cold comes, then the dark. Dark in Scripture represents the absence of the knowledge of God. God, where are you? What are you doing? It feels like you're not here. I can trust you, but my problem is right now I can't trace you. Where are you at? Where are you at? Where, why is this going like this? Why is this so rough? Why is this so tough? Why did I think today was going to be the best day of my life and it seems like the worst day of my year? What? what? Where are you at? Darkness represents the absence of the knowledge of God. So here's how faith works. First, you feel by yourself. Secondly, watch this. You feel like God is not there. Where are you at? Why am I dealing with this? Well, God, I can't see where I'm going. There's a hallway exiting my office. And um, I think I've told the story before, but yesterday, 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 I was walking down that hallway, and um, can I tell you the truth? Will you promise not to tell nobody? No, that ain't enough for y'all. <laughs> so watch this. I thought I knew the way because I had taken it so many times until I ran into the wall and said, apparently, I don't know the way. Watch this. And it didn't change. My perception did. Catch the principle. Catch the principle. Sometimes when you're walking by faith, you'll say, I know how this works. And God says, but I'm taking you a different way. Are you hearing me, church? Then after the cold, after the dark, then moist soil. You know what that means? Emotional. Moist. Tears. 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 It's where you get emotional. I want to talk to some men who that's not even how you are. You're not even a naturally emotional guy. For you to cry, it's got to be deep. 
I want to talk to some ladies where, you know, you, you're not even that type. You know, you're the type to just kind of brush it off. You'll shed a couple of tears, and then you start singing Mary J. No, I'm not going to cry. <laughs> I ain't got the time. I was your lover and your secretary. <laughs> Working every day of the week. And you're like, I ain't doing all that. Check this out. What you need to know is the process of faith is that once you pray for it, once you ask God for it, once you believe for it, once you sow for it, once you start on your journey of faith, you do not go up. Here, here, here's faith. Here's how most of us think faith works. On Sunday morning at church, I pray, I think it's, and then think, oh, God, I pray for my marriage today. I can't wait. Wait till I get home. It's going to go up. I, I pray for my finances today. Wait, blah, blah, blah. That's what we think. Here's how faith works. Right here, dark. Watch this. Cold. Watch this. And just when you think there is no more bottom, deep emotions. And then God says, once you handle that well, I'm going to bring that seed of faith. I'm going to tell somebody, God wants me to tell you, look at somebody say, neighbor, you've handled it well. So it's fruit time. It's fruit time. Say, matter of fact, say it's manifestation time. You, you had to handle that well. So watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this. Practically, y'all, mustard seeds are actions that we take. They're small in scope, but they're big in hope because they're different than what we're used to. In the Bible, there's a guy named Abraham. Abraham, that wasn't his original name. His original name was Abram. His name was changed to Abraham. The H in his name meant Abram in covenant or in agreement with Yahweh. God is not God's name, just so you know. God comes from a 6th century Germanic term, Gudan, which means source. God's name is Yod-Heh-Wav-Heh. Every time you see L-O-R-D in your Bible, that's his name, Y-H-W-H, Yod-Heh-Wav-Heh. The, the, the Hebrews won't utter his name, so they've created a symbol for it. It's called the Tetragrammaton. I can't do it with my hands now, but they won't say the name. Why? Because the Bible says don't take the name of the Lord that God in vain. So they won't say his name. In English, it is Jehovah. Uh, in, in Hebrew, it is Yahweh. And so check this out. God says this. God, God says, God says, are y'all still here? here? Here's what God says. God says, God says, I need you to understand, watch this, that it's small in scope, but it's big in hope. So Abraham He's this guy who, who God tells him, Abraham, I want to do something new in you like I've never done before. You're going to be the beginner of something new in your bloodline, Abraham, just like the person sitting in your seat right now. You're going to do what your daddy only wished he could. You're going to do what your mama only wished she could. You're going to do what your ancestors only wished they could. And he said, but I'm going to need you to get out from your father's home and from your father's country. And here's what's significant. What's significant is Abraham's father was dead. So when he says, get away from your father, so what is he saying? Abraham, I'm going to need you to stop thinking how they think. Because their mentality has created their reality. And so I'm going to need you to divorce yourself from what you know, from what you used to do, from how you used to live. See, that's what it is to be a curse breaker. It's having the courage to do something different than what you've seen before. And what happens in the scripture is that Abraham, he says, go to a land I'm going to show you. Well, where am I going? Just start walking. Well, where are we going? Walk. 
Well, how will I know when I get there? When I say stop walking, which means you're going to have to stay connected to me because I'm not telling you all of the story up front. I'm not telling you all of the steps up front. You know your neighbor's problem is the same problem as mine is that we want God to tell us everything. You know why? Because we talk too much and we're too nosy. We want to know everything that God's going to do, how he's going to do it, who we're going to meet, what shirt they're going to have on, how it's going to work. And that's not how faith works. God says, take the first step and I'll tell you what to do when you get there. Touch your neighbor and say, take the first step. Take the first step. So Abraham's first step, watch this, was walking out of the house he knew his whole life. For some of you, let's use, let's use giving for an example. Tithing, when you think of tithing, 10%, it's not that much money. You keep 90%. This is a great deal. This is the best deal. This is a phenomenal deal. I mean, this is great. You can't get this anywhere else. So check this out. It's not that much money, but if you're new to tithing, it's just different than what you're used to. You're used to keeping all your money. If you're really honest with you, if you go check your account and go put on one of those apps, on those free apps and check your money, you'll see you probably tie up to Starbucks. They get hundreds of dollars, and you know what you get? Calories. Love handles. Y'all not talking to me. One year, I went to the doctor. This is years ago. I've lost 95 pounds now. I, I, I laid it. Bible says lay aside every weight. I laid aside a toddler. You hear what I'm saying? And, um, and so one year, I went to the doctor. I went to the doctor, and, and, and I had uh, juiced up a little bit. And, uh, you know, I, uh, juiced up a little bit. And, 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 and the doctor, he said, well, um, Bishop Foreman, she said, so what are you doing? I said, well, you know, I'm just eating. I said, I've always eaten meat and potatoes, and I'm going to keep eating meat and potatoes because I believe in meat and potatoes. So you're going to need to come up with something different. She said, so what are you drinking? I said, I don't drink. I said, I don't appreciate you trying to accuse me like this all here in front. No, I'm just joking. I, I said, what are you talking about? I don't drink. I said, just have water and, you know, and just, you know, you know Coke Zero and, 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 uh, and coffee. She says, well, how much coffee do you have? I said, well, I have, you know, just a small. I just have, you know, one in the morning and one in the evening. But I haven't put it in the middle-sized cup so I can get extra whipped cream. She says, well, do you know how much fat and sugar and all that's in there? I said, no, I never thought about it. Because I gained 15 pounds one year. And she said, well, that's just from you having that beverage. I said, oh, loose your hole, Satan. <laughs> I said, I'm through with the coffee as of today. Check it out. Here's the reality. Sometimes we think faith is these, are these big, huge things. Peter walking on water. Doesn't that sound incredible? Okay. But what did Peter do? Take one step. Peter didn't say, in the name of Jesus, I, I just decree and declare that when I step on this water, that, that I'm not going to drown. And in the name of Jesus, I decree and declare that all of the sharks are being scattered. And I decree and declare that the great fish that got Jonah, that that fish ain't going to be over here. Can I get away? He didn't do that. Jesus said, he said, Lord, if it's you, bid me come. And I love Jesus. Jesus is so bold. Because Peter thought Jesus was going to be like, wait, I'll come get you. That's what some of y'all think God's going to do. He's going to come get you. He's not. He's going to say, walk out here. He's going to say, walk out here on this water where you're going to have to trust me. You're going to have to believe me. I'm not coming to get you. You're going to have to walk out to me. And do you know what he did? Peter took one foot, put it out the boat. Peter took another foot, put it out the boat. Here's the problem. All of his friends are still in the boat. 
Don't you let your friends that won't walk by faith scare you out of getting out the boat. Sometimes you're going to have to learn how to do stuff by yourself. Peter takes one step and he walks out. Then he takes another step. And then the Bible says he keeps on walking. Then a storm came. When he's doing what? Walking by faith. What's the storm do? Cold. Come on, message. He's out there by himself. What, 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 what's the storm do? Not only is it cold, but now watch this. It's dark. Why? Because it's a storm. And as the storm is spinning, he's like, Jesus, where are you? I can't see you anymore because the storm is blocking you. Oh, y'all not hearing what I'm saying. And then now he gets emotional. He gets emotional. And the Bible says Peter begins to sink, which is significant because if you're walking on water and you're a human being, you know what you should do? You shouldn't begin to sink. You should just drop. Which means the Jesus we serve and the Jesus we believe in is so incredible that what should naturally happen won't naturally happen when you're walking by faith. Here's the truth. You should have lost everything, but somehow, some way, do I have a witness in here that God turned that thing for your good? Here it is. I'm just about through. I'm just about through. So check this out. So check this out. Say small in scope, big in hope. It's big in hope because it's different than what we're used to. I didn't want to be a pastor. I didn't want to be a bishop. They call me, small in scope, big in hope. I said, Lord, I don't like repeating myself. It's against my religion. And that's the job of a pastor, I'd be a professional repeater. Small in scope, big in hope. Are you catching the point, church? See, sometimes you're like, oh, I just got to do this big thing. I live in Denver now. I'm moving to Antarctica. I'm just going to live by faith. How about just cleaning the house you got? I don't know. Maybe we can start there. Small in scope, big in hope. Small in scope. Come on, church. Small in scope. Do it with me. Small in scope, big in hope. Would you just please indulge me for a moment and do the hand movement? You'll remember it. I promise you, you're going to need it this week. You are going to need it this week. Do it with me. Small in scope, big in hope. Hebrews 11 and 1 says this. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for. The conviction of things not seen. Now, watch check this out. Hope in the Greek language of our New Testament is the word LPs. It means to welcome something. If I'm welcoming something, that means it's not currently present in my life. So check it out. Faith grabs something from the supernatural and brings it into the natural. There's a word for that in 1115. It's called manifestation. It's not currently present in my life, but what I'm doing is using my faith as the vehicle to get it from the realm of the supernatural into the natural. That's faith. Something I don't currently have, I'm welcoming. Can I ask you a question? Uh, watch this. What do your actions say you've been preparing for? Because faith is not believing alone. And James, we don't have time to go there. In the book of James, he says, you say you have faith. He says, well, I'm going to show you my faith by my works. Faith without works is Dead. Which means, it's, here's what a lot of Christians think faith is. I'm just believing. I'm believing. If you need a job, believing is not just sitting there. <laughs> believing is saying, well, let me get this resume together. Let, let me send it out. Let me make some calls. That's faith. It's not faith to sit back and say, my phone's going to ring any minute. It is. They still want their money. <laughs> Are you hearing what I'm saying? Faith to get fit is not just sitting at home saying, in Jesus' name, I receive a six-pack. Thank you, Jesus. You can receive it all you want. 
You're going to have to go do the work. W-O-R-K. Watch. Faith is not believing alone, but the actions we take because we believe is we're welcoming something we haven't seen. A woman will go to a doctor and get a report that says she has a child and begin preparing for something she's never had based on the word of a doctor. Based on the word of a report she's given, she'll say, I'm going to prepare. You'll go to, well, they don't have, uh, to, do they have Babies R Us or did they get rid of it too? You'll go to whatever assorted store you prefer. You'll start buying stuff for a child that hasn't even come out yet. You're going to catch it in a minute. Some of you are asking for things you haven't prepared for. Somebody's single in here. You ain't prepared. You, you're not preparing yourself. You're not there. You're just sitting back thinking anybody. Y'all not talking to me. Somebody say, I got to be prepared. I got to be prepared. If you expect to do well in business, you've got to prepare yourself. You can't just sit back and say, I'm just going to figure it out. God's just going to drop it on me. No, you've got to be prepared. Can we thank God for a church that believes in preparation? Whenever God's getting ready to put something big in your hands, he has to put some big weight on you, some big pressure on you, some big drama on you, so you can handle what it is that you prayed for. Here's my second point. We're done. Faith must be fueled. So it's your faith that produces fruit. Here's the second thing. Faith must be fueled. Say it needs some gas. gas. Say premium gas. gas. 2 Corinthians 10 15. We do not boast beyond the limit uh, uh, in the labors of others, but our hope is that as your faith increases, there it is right there, as your faith does what? Increase. Which means your faith can do what? Increase. It can grow. For it to grow, it's going to need what? Fuel. Got it? Say fuel. Say good fuel. Now, this is significant because you start with a mustard seed, but by the time you meet Jesus, that thing ought to be about as big as a watermelon. He expects you to do something with the life that he's given you and not just have babies and die, not just pay bills and die, not leave your children with a bunch of debt and die. But when you were sent so that you would become a scripture, that you would be a king and a priest, that means both successful and spiritual. It's not either or. Somebody say it's both and. One of the greatest lies perpetrated against Christians was that to be spiritual meant that we could not be successful. It means that we were in church, we could not conquer something out there. I'm going to tell you, that's a lie. That's not your Bible. The Bible says that in one man, there are two realms, the realm of a king and a priest, which means I get to be successful and spiritual. I get to slay and I can pray. Why would they teach us that? Because the Bible says money answers all things. So if you got a church that uh, can't get anything done, then the church has to be quiet. The church can't say anything. The church can't do anything. But I believe God's raising up a movement of people connected to harvest where we walk out what God has said. We did not come to take sides. We came to... And we're not apologizing for it. Faith is increased in one of three ways. One, consuming life-giving messages. I don't preach sermons at Harvest. I preach life-giving messages. A sermon is something you heard when you were a child and you got in trouble. Didn't I tell you not to eat them cookies? That's a sermon. <laughs> a life-giving message. Jesus said in John 6, 63, John 6 and 63, the words I speak are life. Their spirit, they bring life. So my job as your pastor is to speak life into you so you can go out there and handle business. So you can go out there and look every enemy in the eye and say, for this reason was I sent. 
Are you hearing what I'm saying? So you, you have faith in what you're full of, and whatever you listen to is your lid. Romans 10, 17. So faith comes by hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. Whatever you hear, that's what you're going to believe. Whatever you believe, that's what you're going to act on. Some of you keep, watch this, repeating the negative things you heard as a child. Am I good enough? Am I strong enough? God don't love you. God don't want you. You're going to be like your dad. You're going to be like your mama. You're, you're, you're this, you're that, you're this, you're that, you're this, whatever. I remember my late bishop has been passed away now. Actually, what's the day? 13th and two days will be two years. And, and he was saying, he was saying uh, that when he was a kid coming up in school, one of the teachers told him he was too dumb to go to college. So his whole school career, he only focused on playing football because he said he, wasn't, he was told he wasn't smart enough to go to college. So one day he's sitting down with his counselor, and his counselor says to him, he says, what exactly, what exactly is your plan? He said, well, I, I don't know. He said, I can't go to college. The counselor said, well, why can't you go to college? He said, well, Miss so-and-so said that I was too dumb to go to college. And they said, look at your grades. You're, 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 you're more than well qualified to go to college. Check this out. Sometimes we repeat the negative that we've heard. Faith comes by hearing. Faith comes by. Faith comes by. Which means you got to consume these messages like they're Tic Tacs and Altoids. You just got to pop them. Even when you don't think you need them, you need one. I wish you'd just smile at somebody next to you and say, you need one. You need one. If somebody offers you a mint, don't, no, just receive it. You need 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 it. You got to do that with the messages, especially when you don't feel like hearing one. Anybody ever had a moment where you're like, I don't want to hear a message right now. I just kind of want to be in my funk. I want to be in my state. And that's when you need to stick it in the most. That's when you need to go to YouTube the most. Put that CD in the most. Go to Facebook. Go to the podcast the most. Because you need to feed your faith. Whatever you feed grows. Whatever you starve dies. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So whenever I feel discouraged, I start feasting on life-giving messages. Why? Because I need my faith to grow. Here's the second way that you, uh, and we're about to shout in a minute. Here's the second way that you fuel your faith, through fighting through fear. I want to bust your bubble for a moment. If you grew up in church, here's what you were taught. Fear is the opposite of faith. That's a lie. Here's what else you were taught. Uh, people post this on social media. Fear stands for False evidence of being real. Or they say, forget everything and run. Test your neighbor say, both of those are lies. Can I help you today? Faith always involves risk, uncertainty, discomfort, and fear. Because the opposite of faith isn't fear. The opposite of faith, watch this, 11:15. it's certainty. The opposite of faith is not fear, it's certainty. If you go step out on some water and you expect it to walk all the way over and not die and drown in the water and you don't have fear, you're not human. If you're leaving your father's house and that's all you've known your whole life and that's all you've been in your whole life and you don't have fear, you're not human. I'm going to tell you the truth. Somebody say, tell me the truth, Bishop. While God did not give us fear, we all have fear because of past failures. Fear is not really false evidence appearing real because many times what we fear isn't false. It's real. But Jesus gives us the power to fight through fear, not fight from fear. Which means sometimes you're going to have to do it scared. If you're fighting from fear, you have a weapon and not know how to use it because you're scared. You're scared. Um, uh, any... Um, no, I ain't going to say that. Um, if you're fighting from fear, back up. I ain't scared of you. Your enemy can sense fear. 
there's something, an interesting, interesting phenomenon in nature is that many animals can sense when their prey have fear because the fear they have, they give off. If you're fighting from fear, you're scared. <laughs> Instead, we fight through fear. You might get me. You might get me a couple times. I may feel discouraged a couple times, but not before I get you a little bit. And I may not be skilled just yet, but give me some time and I'll go matrix on you. Y'all, I'm not saying nothing. Touch your neighbor, say, fight through fear, fight through it. I'm not fighting from it, I am fighting through it. Because a lot of times what you're scared of is there. If you're an entrepreneur, please understand, one of the very real fears that's very real is that it fails. You are payroll. You are human resources. You are the, you are the business. So talk about that ain't real. Oh, no, it's real. It's extremely real. Can I get a witness? <laughs> okay, if you're looking at your finances, you say, God, I want to make some big change. I want to do something. It's a very real fear. Think about it, and we're going to pray. I neglected to do it. I did it at 915 for those being affected by the government shutdown. But think about it. That's a very real fear for those individuals on Friday who have been working and did not receive a check. That's a very real fear to say, oh, no, we got you. We're going to take care of it. Well, y'all need to start talking better like you got us. <laughs> so here's the opposite of faith, certainty. Certainty means I know exactly how it's going to happen. I know exactly what's going to go on. The issue your neighbor and I sometimes have is that we want to know stuff that's beyond our pay grade. You want answers to questions that God says that's beyond you. I did not call you to you touch your neighbor and say, you're too nosy. What's going on over there? What's happening over there? What am I gonna do? And God is like, shh, step. What do I do after that? Take another step. What do I do after that? Take another step. What do I do after that? Take another step. And before you know it, you're walking by faith. Here, here, here it is. Check this out. Check this out. You know what we really fear? I'm done. Is losing something of value, but we often value the wrong thing. We value comfort. That's the real, that's the real, we want to be comfortable, especially in Denver. That, 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 that's, a, that's a prevailing mentality in this region is that we want to be comfortable. And to live by faith, you got to get out of your comfort zone because we were created to conquer. And that's what faith gives us the ability to do. What you got to conquer is what's different than what I must conquer, but we both need faith to conquer something. If you are in pursuit of comfort, you do not understand Christianity. Christianity is not for us to just sit back and be comfortable. I'm just comfortable. You're supposed to go conquer something. You're supposed to go conquer something. You're supposed to go take something over, take something down, make something happen. Jesus said, he didn't say he was the light of the world. He said, we are the light of the world. So if we're not out there being the light, you know what being the light means? I got to go where it's dark. That means I got to get out of my comfort zone, which means I can't just, I'm going to get in your business now. I can't just be around people who think like me, act like me, talk like me, walk like me. Many times I'm going to be sent to people that are totally different than me, and I got to be the light to them, and I can't judge them. I can't persecute them. I can't put my foot on their neck. I got to speak life into them. And sometimes fear is transferred from others. But this morning, God told me to tell you, he said, you need to pray for some fearless friends this year. Pray for some problem solvers to be in your life this year. Pray for some people who want to see results in their lives this year. Because sometimes it's not you that's fearful. It's somebody around you that's fearful. And they've transferred that fear to you. 
And so now you're walking around in fear, and that's not your fear. That's their fear. You got fear from YouTube. That wasn't yours. You got fear from Google. That wasn't yours. You got fear because somebody said, I don't think you can get it done. Well, maybe it's impossible for you. But with the scripture says that with God, for me, all things are possible. Which brings me to my final point of how you fuel your faith. Ask God to help your unbelief. Say, Lord, help me. Come on, 11, 15. Talk like an army. Say, Lord, help me. Mark 9, 23. And Jesus said to him, if you can... All things are possible for the one who believes. Verse 24, immediately the father of the child cried out. And he said, I believe. But read the last part with me, 1115. Help my unbelief. This guy brings his son to Jesus. He's got a whole lot of issues going on. And he takes him to Jesus' disciples. Jesus' disciples couldn't get the job done. Then, please understand, there's a powerful leadership principle there. Because these guys are around Jesus and they were nothing like Jesus. Don't think that you're an ineffective leader because the people around you don't get it. If Jesus had issues within his ranks, say la vie. That's French for such is life. Check this out. Or life is such. Now, watch this. He comes to Jesus. He, these guys just failed him. Touch your neighbor and say, we're about to shout. These guys just failed him. His son got no better. Nothing changed. Nothing happened. He comes to Jesus and says, Lord, can you do something? Your, your, your guys, mm, 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 mm. can you do something? Jesus said, can you believe? If you can believe, it's possible. The man says, I believe, but watch what he's really saying. But I just had a failure. I just lost something. I just took a blow. I just took a hit in the gut. I, I, just, I just experienced pain that I was not expecting to experience, and so I can believe, but I need you to help my unbelief. And here's where we shout, church. Why do y'all shout so much over there at Harvest? Because when we shout, we're not being emotional. I need you to know it's a spiritual thing. The Bible says that praise is a weapon. And shouting comes from the Hebrew word Shabbat. Shabbat means, watch this, among several things, it means to call things into order. So when we shout, we're not being emotional. You might say, I'm not into emotionalism. Well, no, that just means you're not into doing what Jesus said. Because the scripture says that when you shout, things that are out of order are being called into order. Check out what this man does. This man says, help my unbelief. The word help in the word Greek, that's the language of our New Testament. It means a response to a war cry. In other words, when that man said, I believe, but help my unbelief, here's what the man really did. The man started giving Jesus praise and worship, and his praise and worship was a war cry to ask for help. In other words, God says in 2019, I'm going to need your praise and your worship to be at a whole nother level because it's going to feed your faith. Which means you might walk into church discouraged, but you're going to need to start... Once you clap, he says, I'm going to help you. When you shout, he says, I'll help you. When you jump, he says, I'll help you. When you shout, he'll say, I'll help you. When you give him glory, he says, I'll help you. Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. And my praise is what gives me help. I need you to take 10 seconds, 11, 15, and give him some glory in here. Come on, 11, 15, give him glory in here. Watch. Here's the trip. Here's the trip. This man literally, this man literally says, Lord, I believe I need some help. And the man started praising and worshiping God. I know that that makes sense. Can we be honest? When we're dealing with failure and loss and all that, isn't the last thing we want to do is say, God, you're good? You ever have moments you're like, that's the last thing I want to do is give God glory. But can I tell you that God says that's what feeds your faith when you praise me. So this isn't for everybody. This is just for those who want to leave church today with your faith on full 
This, so this ain't for everybody. This is just for those that want to leave with your faith on full. I'm going to ask you to stand up and give God 25 seconds of glory and praise and worship right here. This ain't for everybody. Come on. Come on. I'm leaving with my faith all the way up. I'm leaving with my faith all the way full. Help my unbelief. Help my unbelief. Help my unbelief. Help my unbelief. Well, I pray that today's life-giving message has spoken life into your life. I'm Bishop Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church, and at this time, I want to extend an opportunity to you to give your life to Jesus Christ. You know, 2,000 years ago, God stepped in a body. That body was called Jesus. That body got on a cross and died for our sins. Now, sins are things that we do that don't please God, and they ultimately don't please God because they ultimately are very harmful and dangerous to us. Not only did he die for our sins, he died so we could have life and life more abundantly. Here's what that means. That not only do we experience God's best, but that we can speak life into other people and use our lives to change the lives of other people. And today, if you need to become a Christian for the first time, the Bible says if you believe in your heart, confess with your mouth, you will be saved or born again or become a Christian. All those phrases mean the same thing. And if today you were far from God, this is your opportunity to reconnect to God. I love him because uh, he's not the God of a second chance. The truth is, is we've all used our second chance already. He's the God of another chance. He offers us constant new beginnings and fresh starts to get things right for him. He gave his life for us so that we could give our lives for him. So today, if you need to become a Christian or recommit yourself to Jesus right there where you're at, I don't care where you're listening to this message, I want you to say this with me. Say, Father... In the name of Jesus, thank you for dying in my place. Because of this belief and because of this confession, if this is my first time praying this, I am now a Christian. If I was far from you, I am reconnected to you. Great days are here for me. Today is the beginning of the rest of my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, you are now a Christian. You're born again. You're saved from yourself. And if you were far from God, you're reconnected to God. And here's what I want you to do. Take out your mobile phone and text the word decision to the phone number 59769. And when you do, I'm going to send you a message right away that's going to show you how to make Christianity your lifestyle and not just a hobby. And here's what I want to encourage you to do. You are connected to me and connected to Harvest Church for a reason. It's because this is the place God wants to speak life into your life. This is the place God wants you to grow and become a strong Christian and, and serve and change the lives of other people. So stay connected, whether it's at a physical campus or a digital campus, stay connected to Harvest Church. Keep receiving this word and let it speak life into your life. Hope you have a phenomenal day. Hey, congratulations. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.